Welcome to Media Week's Heavy Hitters. Get up close and personal with some of the titans of the media industry. This episode is hosted by MFA Hall of Famer, Greg Graham, who hosts an intimate group chat with three of the top media agency CEOs in Australia. Welcome to a special Media Week podcast on location in Perth. We don't get out of our Sydney nearly enough. Welcome back to the microphone, Basil Zemplis. About time you made the trip over, James. Uh, welcome to the uh, the best capital city in Australia. The sunniest capital city in Australia, 12th most livable city, and uh, a place that's very, very hard to beat. Good to have you here. Yeah, no, look, it's, it's great to have you back on our little wireless. Now, this is the first time I think we've had an elected official <laughs> on the show, so um, belated congratulations on that. You're running again, is it later this year, the, the, the election? Got an election in October, yes. Well, thank you for that, and I'm happy to take that esteemed place in Media Week <laughs> podcast history. I think the last time we spoke was at the, actually, interestingly, the Sofitel Wentworth, which was the scene, I think, uh, the ballroom in there. One, it was where a famous photo of Princess Diana and Charles dancing was taken. But also, I think for many years, it was the scene of um, many prime ministers uh, accepting uh, or conceding victory. Uh, They used to have uh, a lot of those big functions on election night there. But I wasn't there for that. I was there because I reckon I was calling a Sydney Swans game the next day, and I reckon we spoke on a Friday night. We did. And um, we were talking a lot more about footy and Commonwealth Games and Olympics and uh, TV and those and Sunrise and those sorts of things. But, um, no, look, uh, yes, it's funny how life can go, isn't it? Um, it was a space that I was always interested in, a bit of a sliding doors moment. There was no... There was no Lord Mayor or elected members. The council had been previously dismissed and okay. after a long period of uh, commissioners running the show as caretakers, new elections, thought I might have a go at that and here we are. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, look, back then you were crisscrossing the country, of mm-hmm. course, holding down media gigs in yeah. Perth and radio and TV, working nationally for seven on weekends and, and we you know, we were quizzing you back then, my colleague Brendan, at the time. We were going, look, how do you how do you do it, you know? And you told us about your itinerary and you fly out on a Friday morning. I think from memory you went back on a Sunday morning. Yeah, at, a Sunday, back in Sunday those after, days. Sun, after weekend sunrise, I would typically, uh, once, once the footy made way predominantly for weekend sunrise, in the last two years of my travel life, which was just pre-COVID, uh, it was weekend sunrise, and that was pretty much every weekend. Leave Perth Friday around lunchtime, get home to Perth early afternoon on a Sunday, and we just had uh, our our third child, a little boy, Anthony. So it was a uh, looking back now. Yeah, gee, it was it was on for young and old, but uh, <laughs> I loved it. I loved doing sunrise. I mean, what a thrill! What a, and and what a what a privilege almost to be based in Perth, but to be able to fly and do those things with seven sport. And then with Weekend Sunrise, um, you know, I, I still feel blessed. You've given up a couple of gigs since you got the Lord Mayor role. Has it been a little more demanding on your time than you thought initially? I wouldn't say more demanding, but um, clearly as uh, as the time was coming to an end, and, and the one that really fits into that category was the Triple M Breakfast Show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was proud, very proud to have played a part in launching a brand new station and format here in Perth. Triple M was well known in Perth through footy, but we hadn't had Triple M, which would be a, a surprise to many people listening on, on, on the East Coast, particularly Melbourne, where it's such a big role in the footy. Um, 
So to be able to launch that, and actually in the most recent ratings, uh, Triple M and Triple M Breakfast in particular have climbed to their uh, most successful result since they've been going. And I'm really pleased to have played a a small role in that launch. Um, So no breakfast radio anymore for the first time in what must be 25 years. It was 6PR, 96FM, 92.9 back to 6PR and then Triple M most recently. And that was a period of adjustment. But it felt like it was clear to me that um, I I needed to be more flexible in this Mm. role and there's probably more travel in this role than I had anticipated. And as any uh, program director will tell you, uh, breakfast radio hosts need to be on the show regularly and the idea of going away a lot wasn't going to work. So when the opportunity presented... uh, towards the end of my second year um, to just uh, to say thank you very much and good luck for the future. It was one that we uh, mutually agreed to. So that commitment has gone. Uh, I am still with Seven yep. and Seven West, um, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not pinned down, if you like, to the nightly news presenting commitment, which I previously had that was on the sport. Sure. Um, uh, I'd done that for nearly 20, just over 20 years sitting okay. next to Rick and Sue, um, but I've got more flexibility there now. I still do a lot of things with and for seven. I still work for seven, um, but the Lord Mayor's gig is the gig that takes up uh, most of my time. Right. Okay. Okay. The um, So you're, you're running for election again. Now, just for, I should know, but I don't, is it are you a Liberal candidate, Labor candidate? No, so independent, independent. Independent candidates here, um, okay. uh, apolitical and uh, not Liberal or Labor aligned. Okay. Candidates may have their own, um, you know, their own persuasions, right. but they're not part. Typically, they're not part of election campaigns here. Okay. And uh, so, three a three year initial term normally would be four, yes. but to get us back onto the normal local government cycle after the period of commissioners. Okay. Uh, three years, and then uh, running for an, uh, for another term, which would be a four year term. Does anybody do polls on intention to vote for the Lord Mayor and how are you polling if they do? Well, they don't, but um, you just like just like the media game, although there are ratings obviously in the media game, um, sometimes you get the best sense of how everything's going and how you're going by what people say to you. All right. And, you, and the feedback comes thick and fast. Actually, it's one of the things, you know, I say this a lot, but um, uh, a long career in the media, in a public position in the media yeah. is very good grounding for uh, a career as an elected uh, official or elected member. Um, so the feedback is good. Um, people think we've done a good job and uh, you're never overconfident and it's a peculiar election system where it's non-compulsory uh, postal votes. So you need people, even if they might be your supporter, you still need them to vote. But I'm um, quietly optimistic that I'll, uh, I'll win a second term. The media can be a pretty fierce game. Now that you're not so tied to radio and tied a bit less to TV, mm. are other media outlets a bit more likely to mm. ask you to, to come on and give an opinion or yeah. discuss something? Uh, look, I've always been very available anyway, okay. and, and for a period there I was, you know, I was just about the only person in the country with two full-time jobs yep. with seven and nine. Right. Uh, in my last year of 6PR, I was working for Nine Radio and obviously I've been a long timer with seven. So I was always available anyway. Um, I do get asked a lot. I still do a regular week, uh, re- a regular sunrise spot in the Hot Topics sec- segment on a Thursday. 
But I am readily available. Um, people tend to come directly to me, okay. and I'm I'm always happy to be available. I, I'm always conscious of where I've come from, um, how good broadcasting and broadcast full stop has been to me, how much I owe whatever happens in the rest of my career and indeed to my in my life sure. to my time in the media and as a broadcaster and. And I know what it's like to be the journo whose job it is to pick up the phone and try and get a grab or try and get a comment. And wherever possible, I make myself available because uh, because of where I've come from. And I know that that's important. And I think it's almost a bit hypocritical too, isn't it? If you've spent 30 years of your life chasing people for comment or a grab yeah. or trying to get them to say something, if then when you're on the other side of that fence, you're suddenly not available. So I haven't I, – I, I am available. Got some more media questions. Before I do that, though, I've got to ask you. I think I have read, or you've been asked before, about other political ambition mm. beyond the um, city of Perth. Is, yeah. is that something you'd entertain and do you enjoy this sort of public service? Yeah, look, I knew I was going to love this role. I probably loved it even more <laughs> than I thought I was going to love it. Um, but I didn't come here for for further political ambition, state or federal. I didn't have them. Uh -huh. um, I guess I'm a bit more alive to possibilities and and future opportunities, but they are not in my thinking. Uh, okay. The only election I'm thinking about and the only role in politics that I'm thinking about, and I don't even consider the Lord Mayor role particularly political, but the only role I'm, I'm interested in running for is uh, this one, and that is to continue as the Lord Mayor of the City of Perth. I love, I love it. I love representing Perth, and I love representing the people of Perth, and that's the job I want to keep doing. I think you won with close to 30% of the vote yep. last time. Are you, is there any sense yet of how many candidates you might be up against, and will you need that much of a vote again, or would you be – Sort of, you got an ambition to build on that. Probably need more this time. So we had seven candidates okay. last time. Uh, that was the largest we've we've had, um, and so and, and it was a first past the post system. The system has changed uh, slightly. It's now optional preferential. So you will like you will need more than thirty, but okay. thirty will be more achievable because there will be significantly less candidates, it would appear. So right now um, there are three Lord Mayoral candidates. Okay. What's the closing date for sort of putting your hand up? Is that – we there yet or not? Uh, so uh, nominations are about to open. Oh, They're okay. open for a week, although yep. a couple of candidates, three candidates are declared. Yeah. We'll see if there's any surprises. And then uh, about AFL grand final weekend, the ballot papers start to go out and the – and announcement of the result they counted on this night is uh, Saturday night, October 21. Okay. Okay. And you like this, James. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Tiger for punishment. So October 21 is election night. Yeah. It's also uh, the start of telethon weekend here in Perth. Right. So yes. uh, I'll be front and centre in more ways than one. Now you keep some long hours, don't you, at Telethon 2? It goes pretty late on the Sunday night, the counting. Yeah, yeah it, does. it goes overnight Saturday night and uh, and then Sunday night finishes at around about 8.30pm. But Saturday night, as well as the opening of the show, uh, we have the Telethon Ball where the Prime Minister, the Premier and uh, a lot of heavy hitters are there and uh, some very significant money is raised. Um, it's been a joy for me to be involved in Telethon in such a meaningful way for many, many years and... Uh, uh, it's it's one of the things that makes Channel Seven Perth such a special 
television station. Um, it's in it. They are in each other's DNA, and um, it is a phenomenon. You know, seventy-four million dollars raised last year. My wife often says to me, oh, "I saw a show, a doco about a fundraiser in Cannes or a, a fundraiser in New York, and they were getting very excited about having raised." A million or two million dollars. Now, of course, yeah. that's nothing to be sneezed at. Oh. But you know, when you think Perth uh, per capita in Western Australia, seventy-four million dollars—quite extraordinary generosity. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, there's always a lot going on here in Perth. I mean, I know some Fortescue just had their big shindig on the weekend. Yes. Um, the leadership forum yes. at, at the Prime West, Minister, yeah. the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the um, the Perth uh, Wildcats launched their season. I think maybe just the day before. You're right up so, with it, Jones. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going well, on. Have a look out the window now. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a glorious city. Yeah, and- we're, we're sitting high above, what, 20, the top of the yeah. city. Council House. Council House, yeah. overlooking the Swan River. Swan River, you're correct. Kings yeah. Park over there, St George's Terrace, where six of the ten top <laughs> ASX-listed companies are headquartered, the glorious uh, Elizabeth Key, and uh, a city that uh, really is on the move, a university about to be built and uh, a significant Redevelopment happening right in the core of our city. Uh, As a young man, we always acknowledged that Sydney and Melbourne were the big cities, but there was never an inferiority complex here. And I think there was an entrepreneurial spirit, probably which was born out of our the the vastness of our state and um, the great resources that existed within our state. And I've got to say, you know, the mining sector in particular, most of them headquartered a stone's throw away from where we're sitting right now. Uh, they've added a significant sense of uh, standing to to Perth people uh, and a, a significant role in the economy of our nation. And uh, and with that, uh, Perth people, I think, walk pretty tall. I didn't mention maybe the biggest news for a lot of locals, the, um, the Eagles kept their coach. Adam Simpson uh, now, staying on. Am I right in thinking he used to be a regular with you on the news? Every Monday night, so way back to Mick Malthouse and Dennis Cometti, okay. and that would have started in 1990. 1990 uh, and, and actually, even before that, John Todd, I reckon, used to do it. But um, the coach would appear every Monday night, the Eagles coach, and yep. still does, yep. and the okay. Dockers coach appears every Tuesday night on okay. Seven News. All right, fantastic. Now, I mentioned the West. Now, you still do a column, if I'm correct? Every yep. Friday, yeah. Okay. And uh, and listeners in Sydney, I think, would be a little bit familiar with a column that Ray Hadley, I think, writes, yes. where there's 10 points yep. that he picks up. Well, Anthony DeSegli, who is the editor-in-chief of the West Australian, he was at the uh, the deputy editor at the Daily Telegraph um, prior to taking the role in Perth. And I think uh, he, he actually, when I was over for Weekend Sunrise, he reached out. He knew he had the job in Perth and was coming over and um, touched base and, and mentioned to me, he said, hey, um, Ray Hadley writes a style of column over here that's um, quite quite popular, and, or it sort of works. Um, and because I was doing talkback, uh, radio at the time as well. Would you consider doing something similar? And I said, yeah, of course. Now, I think, to be fair, uh, my version of the 10 points and Ray's are pretty different. Mm. Uh, however, it's something I've really enjoyed doing and um, it certainly gets a, a fair bit of talkability. And it's been very useful for me to have that avenue of communication. I, I, I have enjoyed the opportunity and been grateful for the opportunity. And as somebody in this space, um, as a uh, you know, in a leadership role and um, a civic responsibility, it's been very useful to be able to um, to be able to get messages about Perth and the like out there. And I've 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 relished uh, being able to do it for so long. 
got to ask you about some of your gigs back East. Mm. Now, this might be old news, but I'd like to hear it direct mm. from you. Mm. Lots of talk that you would be the replacement for Koshi. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, probably dragged over a couple of years yeah. almost, that speculation. Yeah. Was, was that ever a possibility? Is it something you would have done? Sure. So I, and I do get asked about this a bit. I, I mean, I, it, it, look, it was never offered to me as such. Right. But I will say this, and I, and I won't put names to those okay. that were, were saying it, but when it was first mentioned to me about coming over to do Weekend Sunrise, I'd done some fill-in. Clearly, they'd had a bit of a look at me, and um, Andrew was finishing up. They they clearly needed to um, find somebody to right. become the new yeah, yeah. Weekend host alongside Monique Wright. And it was mentioned to me that um, Weekend Sunrise was um, an opportunity for whoever went in to, to probably put their hand up for when and if David were to go. The conversation was no more specific than that. But uh, I suppose if if any television company is flying somebody backwards and forwards from Perth for a considerable period, I, I guess you're entitled to think, well, they're not doing this for fun <laughs> and there would be cheaper and more cost-effective options. Um but at no stage was I told, David's finishing on such and such a date and we want you to do it. Um, I, was, I was, though, given a sense of if it went well, there were those types of possibilities. But I've got to say that um, I've always, always said uh, David deserved the right to go when he was ready to go. And ultimately, that's exactly what happened. And, and uh, COVID and other things meant that that, stint came to an end for me. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I felt um, very, very well suited to it. And the reality is if I had been offered uh, the job and I wasn't doing the other things that I'm now doing, I, we would have con seriously considered it. Um, I, you know, For someone like me, I think just about the best job available in television. Uh, and I feel privileged to have had two years of weekends doing it. Yeah. So that the wife would have been on board for a movie. Well, um, <laughs> well, you didn't cross that bridge. No, no. So we had, look. We, for what it's worth, we had discussed that Naomi had yeah. come over with the kids a few times, and we sort of had a bit of a look in terms of, uh -huh. well, if if something like that happened, where yes. might we end up? And um, so uh, it, it was a it was a live possibility in our minds. But as I say, it, it was it had never progressed to the point of being offered the job or being told that the offer was coming. Ratings indicate that you're clearly an asset to a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Have there been along the journey many opportunities that you – you seem like a very loyal person mm. too. You, you, you're a seven man, I yeah. guess. And, yeah. But have you had other people knocking on the door or, or offering you things either in radio, TV, yeah. here on, in the East? Look, I, I think um, probably the opportunities um, – the opportunities to move from Seven Perth were probably more opportunities within the Seven Network, and clearly, uh -huh. clearly there was a number of opportunities along the way to uh, to potentially relocate to Sydney or Melbourne. But fortunately for me, and I think I've probably said this to you before, James, uh, the fact that Dennis Cometti had trod a path of being based in Perth and broadcasting out of Melbourne or Sydney or wherever on the East Coast every weekend meant that it was possible for for those coming through. Um, 
I had spoken to Foxtel a couple of times in the okay. earlier years of their of their footy broadcasts, right. and Brian Walsh had always been very generous in his praise, which I always appreciated. But I was a seven man, and then towards the end, during those nine years, um, I guess it, it's fair to say there were some conversations with Nine about if if push came to shove, and I couldn't continue to work for both, might I entertain the prospect? of becoming a nine person rather than a seven person. I, I, I've got to say, and I've got to put this on the record, both seven and nine in my time, and really my time on 6PR came to an end because I got this job. And the compatibility or otherwise of being on talkback radio in a role like this, I think it's it's fair to say they may, they probably weren't going to go together. FM radio was a different story, and I managed to juggle that for a couple of years but my time ended on 6PR because I was elected Lord Mayor in the September of that year that was coming to an end. But I've got to say this, both Seven and Nine were incredibly uh, supportive of me and me being on each other's platforms. And at, at no stage did Tom Malone, um, or for that matter, Kerry Stokes, yeah. um, make say to me, you're going to have to come off that one to continue on this one. And I was very grateful for that, especially grateful, obviously, of Seven um, because, you know, I was a Seven man. I was working full-time for Seven. And Seven, when the ownership changed from Southern Cross or Fairfax yep. uh, to, um, nine. to Nine, and there was one in between, I think, between that. But anyway... Yep. Uh, um, seven didn't say to me they could have come and said right you're gonna have to come off they didn't yeah and, and and likewise nine was supportive of me continuing on and I always appreciated that I I thought that was pretty uh, I thought that was pretty cool sure. that I was you know at one stage there I was on breakfast radio in the morning for nine and doing the news each night for seven it was pretty unique and doing weekend sunrise at the same time and actually for a period I was the Lord Mayor as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, I won't keep you much longer. There, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I like you on your socials. Mm. You, you're always very active. I know, and you're still on Twitter or X, as they call it now. I know a lot of people have given that up uh, lately, but I, I like that you're still, you're still ploughing on. Yeah, look, it's a super important part of this job, mm. um, and for any elected official or elected member, um, it's just a part of the turf. It's a part of the territory. I think, truth be known, I could take or leave social media if I wasn't involved in this space. Um, you get involved as a broadcaster because it's a good way to communicate with the audience that you're trying to reach, and then you stay involved when you get into this space. In fact, you probably ramp it up even more. It's a tool of the trade. I was lucky to have pretty good followings because of my time as a broadcaster, and I think they've been an asset to me. X or Twitter, it's, uh, it's a very interesting space. You've got to have a thick skin. Mm. Uh, you've got to have a thick skin in, in public <laughs> office as yeah. well. But you do reach a, a, a certain – Put it, if you wanted to get a message out mm. to journos, you wanted to get something on the news or on the radio or on the TV, then X or Twitter as good a place as any because the journos are all there and yeah. the newsrooms are all there. So a, a decent tweet or post with a bit of an edge to it or a commentary to it or even – I'm holding a press conference in two and a half hours. Be there if you're interested. It gets to where you need it to get to. As for the um, as for the relevance or authority you put in any of the anonymous rubbish that might come your way, that's another story entirely. 
But fortunately, 30 years as a broadcaster has you well prepared <laughs> for anything that may come your way on those social platforms. Have you dabbled with threads at all? It doesn't, I haven't, I haven't doesn't got, seem to be getting much traction. No, so Instagram, uh, X, okay. um, Facebook, yep. and then uh, and then LinkedIn. They're tools of the trade. I haven't gone to the other one. But I, I've said this a lot. Sometimes I'll go to an event as the Lord Mayor. I might be at the event for half an hour. And I'll then spend 40 minutes in the car writing the post that reflects the event that I've just been at. Um, it is a part of the job. And, yeah. uh, for anyone in this space, it's a part of the, a part of the role that you have to engage with. Just finally, I mean, you, you're in public office and you're looking to continue that. Could, could you see yourself returning to more of a broadcast career later in life yeah, in, yeah. in sport or something? I, yeah. Yeah. I, look, I've always enjoyed current affairs, even before I sort of went down the sports path. I love talkback radio. Uh, I still love television. It's, uh, it's, you know, that broadcaster is, is still who I am. Um, I'd like to think that I've uh, developed a few extra strings to the bow now, but in a way for someone like me, that part of it, and occasionally I'll go back and fill in on seven news if Barra or Ryan Daniels are away. Um, and, it feels very natural and very comfortable. And uh, I jump on the radio and do a regular segment with Gary Adset on the morning show on 6PR. And being in that environment feels very natural. It's, a, it's, it's I guess, our version of riding a bike. And uh, I love it. And if further opportunities beyond this career present, I'd be very keen. In fact, I think I'd be a better talkback broadcaster now than I was previously because of my experience in this space and uh, the ability to use some of the knowledge that I've built up and some of the knowledge of the process. Uh, it would be an enticing prospect to be able to use that again, one, one, that I, uh, one that I certainly don't rule out. Sure. Okay, look, thanks so much, uh, Basil, for your time. It's always great to see you. I'm sure our listeners enjoy hearing your booming voice um, down the airwaves. Thanks, for You've always been very interested, James. I've always appreciated it, and you've always been very generous. Great to see you in Perth. Don't make it five years until the next visit. Thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit follow for all future episodes. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast.